You're listening to the Story Soil Podcast, where we build science fiction and fantasy worlds from the ground up. I'm Lauren Harris, and I'm a fantasy author. With me today are that Ghibli trash panda, <laughs> Dr. Sarah Tabor, and the cool water-loving salmon, Adrian Erickson. <laughs> hey guys. I approve of your theme. <laughs> so uh last week we discussed the secret cities of the amazon and agroforestry um today we're gonna take that knowledge and grow it into a unique fantasy world All disclaimer right. remember friends ideas are cheap and you can't put them back in the bag once they're out so you're encouraged to use these ideas and world seeds to write your own story we only ask that if you do, you toss us a shout out in the acknowledgments or the author's note and like send us a link, bruh. We want to read it. You were like Valley Girl until you were Weird Dude Bro. And that was just the oddest mix of. So, like, send us a link, bruh. <laughs> I can't we've don't been even... watching, we've been binge watching a lot of Daria lately and I'm like, mm, that's about right though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know how to account for it. I'm sorry. That was that was disconcerting. It won't happen again. It could happen again. It probably will. I'm a little uncomfortable. All right. So I um I have a bullet list. So I was thinking back over some of the there were so many high points, but a few of the things that like just stood out to me as maybe thoughts, interesting places to build from, haven't Mm -hmm. Neither, none of these are necessarily genre specific until we just mm-hmm. start riffing and see where it goes. Mm-hmm. My bullet list in um, order from most coherent to we are. <laughs> <laughs> Can we do it the other direction? That's no. a great scale. No. Um, one, discovery of the ancient missing civilization minus artifacts, parentheses. Magical question mark. Uh, two cultivation of a natural forest. I mean, that's a broad topic and kind of boring, but you could go a lot of places with it. Mm-hmm. Number three, living in and farming the trees all at the same time. Giant trees. And five. Uh, sorry, four fire babas. <laughs> fire babas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think whatever civilization we come up with, there need to be fire babas. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, baba means grandma in several languages, <laughs> including Japanese, which Adrian and I both speak. So, <laughs> sort of. Amazing. Okay. True confession. I have a buddy, uh, Sarah Aki, on Twitter who is Carrick, and I need to tell her that this is happening. <laughs> fire baba. Fire baba. <laughs> like mad respect to the fire baba. They're like my favorite. Yes. <laughs> Just yes. Just, Just yes. Okay. Um, so I I concur with all of these bullets. <laughs> <laughs> um what I am, I mean, fire baba is basically like the one where I'm just like, yes, let's the old ladies wielding fire against the law, risking prison. Yes. I'm for that 1000%. Well, like um, food so they can cook and like, you know, like make soup. That's mm-hmm. great. We do need soup. <laughs> Man, now I really want soup. Mm. Focus. Soup. That's a good point. <laughs> Not on soup. <laughs> <laughs> I'm liking that idea of the um, 
of the the culture that we find the pieces of and realizing that someone else had had an idea previously that worked, but freaking colonists came in and just destroyed it. Well, and all the remnants, maybe we don't even know what destroyed it, but like the 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 remnants of see now we're getting into to the plotty things that the individual authors get to decide um it's always colonists <laughs> uh in, but, yeah. unless it's unless it's just weird chestnut blight i mean um that was arguably the result of colonization from japan gotcha or yeah, no like, like white people bringing ornamental <laughs> yeah the ornamental japanese chestnuts Every solid um, plant blight has been because of like the ornamental nursery trade. Anyway, yeah, I know that that's what got all the um, cedars up around the Appalachians. Oh. Um, see, this is why pet plants is a terrible idea. That and what were what what was it? I mean, your pet plants go and walk about and having to stay on leashes, and we and had leashed we space. had leashed plants. I mean, um, leash laws for plants. I think that's your important. Pet plants on a leash that's that's the moral of the story um anyway <laughs> but but to find to to start recognizing the traces of the ancient civilization be it fantasy or sci-fi through their agricultural footprint through mm-hmm. the things that are wonky about the forest and the earth and the weird quote-unquote fairy circles of mysterious plants that don't make sense and and all of those little elements that make that area, maybe, you know, it's, it's a, an area that's only recently been discovered or. Well, I kind of also like the idea of people are finding this because they're going out and looking at things in an attempt to solve a problem that was created because the information these people had was forgotten. Yeah. So something like, like, I don't know. They they are trying to grow, or their their agriculture in this um, in this area is the same sort of effect of let's just put a whole bunch of Fraser firs and pine trees here. Yeah. Well, I think and it's not what grows here, but we're going to make it what grows here. And now, oh no, we're dealing with freaking wildfires because we're not listening to. The um, whether the culture that was originally there is um, there's a big gone. Element, yeah, there's a big element of like that Tumblr meme from years ago. Um, you know, like so and so is gone, and we miss them so much. Stop telling them I'm dead. Sometimes I can almost hear their voice. Like that's <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a big. It would be really experience. interesting if it. So I mean, say it's um, say it's a, a fantasy. <laughs> Okay. I mean, it could be a a type of people like that had a certain sort of like historical claim to it. I mean, you could say elves. I I don't know if you would say elves, but if you want to be like, I mean, for example, there are elves and then people are like, the elves are gone. And they're like, we're totally still here. <laughs> we're not gone. Stop we're just, telling them I'm dead. Yeah. Stop telling them I'm dead. I'm still, I'm right here. But, um, you know, I would... But like, I mean, that, that kind of thing where you have a, um, a group that has sort of receded because they're like, okay, they're doing some bullshit over there and it's not going to work. And we want to get out of here. Another, cause, cause my brain is still trying to find like the one thing to really catch on to and 
and build from. Um, another thought that I had was the concept of, cause she was talking about, you know, with the wildfires, how when everything was working the way it should and, and people were, were, you know, using responsible agroforestry tactics, um, you know, it was helping the salmon. It was keeping the fires down. It was doing all of these productive things. And when you started to like wrench everything around sideways, now you've got fires everywhere. And it's almost like the forest is fighting back. Um, so this, this concept of, um, of almost, a a, a retaliation, um, from, from the natural landscape around you that in a fantasy world or even a sci-fi world, depending on, you know, where you wanted to go biologically could be almost a, a conscious reaction. Yeah. There's a, there's a big regenerative agriculture document going around right now, actually from a lot of indigenous like land care leaders. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause again, like kind of looping back to that permaculture thing. So it's, it's very white heavy and the regenerative agriculture community is as we know it is basically a bunch of white folks columbusing like traditional land practices, right? <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Um and so like a lot of these indigenous land care folks are like, listen, so a big part of like the way you guys are thinking of it is like people and nature, there's like a dichotomy, there's a binary there. And like you have to understand that like we are animals. We are part of yeah. nature. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like we we're if we're doing our job right, we're a keystone species. We have some responsibilities. Um, I think the the carrick and the salmon thing is a really great example. They're like, yeah, the yeah. salmon would probably get up here most of the time without our help, but like, you know, uh we can do some things to make sure it happens on time, like for us, and like um to kind of avoid some delays here. Yes, nature eventually finds a balance left to its own. It doesn't really need need us. Um, but like <laughs> But if you think about it, depending yeah. on how long they've been doing it, that is the balance that nature has just found on its own, quote unquote, because like you said, we are sort of a part of that. So the species evolve together, like, and, you know, the salmon yeah. start to do the thing and know that this is a place they can go because for generations and generations and generations and generations, those rivers have been cool enough to traverse because of the effect of this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's the difference between like, watching the effects of what you're doing and making slow deliberate changes and just going in and going plow plow it all (laughs) yeah like so when those practices stop i think the the way a lot of people think of it is less like so again that human nature binary it's less like the the western way of thinking is very like yeah nature is hostile it's it's not us like it's a force man versus nature yeah and like um whereas you know, like if you're looking at, we have responsibilities to nature and if we don't carry them out, then it's, it's less like nature is mad at us and it's more like, oh my God, please help, you know? So what if we, in this case, equate fires with magic? I mean, okay. and we end okay. up with something like, um, you use a controlled amount of this somewhat volatile magic force to work through parts of the land. Otherwise it does it itself. <laughs> And it and be- that's difficult to control, and people can't really live there as easily. So it's like this entropic force that isn't just dangerous to the people, but but to to a lot of things, and and uh, is wild, and to some extent, human maintenance and cooperation with nature allows it to channel correctly and be beneficial to all. But you start tweaking everything, and you get out of balance, and that that wild force just starts like 
Well, then, then we get to have this uh, conversation of what about the people that aren't paying attention or the people that can't see? So they, they don't have magic. The people that don't have the magic are just like, whatever, all I see right here is farmable land. So um, you guys doing your weird Baba fire magic get away. Well, and that's where you would end up with some stories, some political, you know, because, because no, not everyone can see, but not being able to do a thing and not knowing that a thing needs to be done by the few that can do it mm-hmm. are two very different things. Yeah. Um, and so you would have those people who are like, no, I can't see the magic. I can't work the magic. I couldn't help with that. But I recognize that it has to be maintained. I also recognize that we have to eat and have farms and mm-hmm. clear some space. So how do we, you know, agriculture responsibly? How do we all live together? Um, how with do agriculture magic? responsibly? Um, that's, that's Sarah's thesis, right? Especially... If you put a twist on it to where that very same magic is something that maybe, because we're talking magic now, is used in special things. There are casters and mages that have some amount of power. There is value in access to magic for, I don't know, a ruling class or something. And and so they want magic. And so then you get into the the tyrant, the person who's like, I want the magic, but I also want the land and I want it to do what I want. And I don't want you to do this thing because I don't like it and I don't see the purpose. But yes, I still want the magic. (laughs) And the people going, "Uh, that's not how it works, dude. So if we're saying like the magic is equating to whatever, to a similar force as fire. um, They they do talk about fire like it's medicine. Like it's it's not entirely unsupernatural, right? Like. Right. <laughs> fire is, I don't know. I think fire is pretty magical. I don't know about you. It is. <laughs> it is. So, uh, but if we're talking about something like fire, um, or if we're saying the magic exists in a way that it um, both destroys and also gives back mm-hmm. somehow in the way that fire does it, it has that ability to transmute yeah. something into something else. I mean, then Sarah's absolutely right. It is essentially, (laughs) you put it into those terms and even fire sounds like magic. I mean, Mm -hmm. so here you've got this wild chaotic force that can destroy and do crazy things. Um, But on the flip side, channeled, um, used appropriately can be used. I mean, we use fire to work, you know, blacksmithing, it becomes iron and tools and shapes. Mm-hmm. We use it to harden steel. We use it to heat our homes. We use it to, so you translate that into a similar kind of magic. Mages have the ability to, you know, do magical works, crafting, whether you want to go like high fantasy with illusions and fireballs and teleportation, or whether you want to go sort of a more, you know, herbalist, you know, low key enchantment kind of fantasy you're still talking about a force that can be channeled but we have that flip side where it's not a lot of times in fantasy you see that go to if the person doesn't handle it correctly in the magic there is a huge chaotic reaction that backlashes on them or those around them Mm -hmm. whereas this doesn't do that like it's controlled however you control it but out there just as the larger entropic force in nature gets out of whack Mm-hmm. Well, okay. and it comes back on the entire community, both human yeah. and non-human. And not because of the way it's being used by the end user. I mean, the way that we use fire doesn't affect whether or not there's a wildfire on the opposite side of the world. 
Um, but unless you're having a birthday party in the backyard in California, gender reveals. Like I said, <laughs> improper there, killer. I, I did say opposite side of the world. <laughs> um, from where the event takes place, in which case that would be one hell of a gender reveal party. Um, we just want the world to know. <laughs> in in the last moments before it dies. So um, let's get a little bit more into the landscape of this world then okay um so what kind of effects does this magic have on the landscape all right do we want it to be basically a sort of arcane version of fire or do we want it to be something else i personally would say something else okay because our world still also has fire i presume yeah um i mean (laughs) so so what kind of other effect could it have on the landscape and therefore everything that feeds off of that landscape? I mean, I'm thinking something like thread in um Yeah. In, I, yeah. I, I was thinking warps, ripples, um, like maybe it's not something that you can necessarily see coming a lot of the times, but there's like imagine just like a sudden fog ripple in the air and it passes past a tree and a section of the tree either is you know disintegrated away or suddenly turned to stone or replaced with um a, a bit of the last thing that that magic swirl happened to pass through um like it it picks up and sets down and picks up and sets down and can be very destructive um i kind of like the idea of the magic transforming it along its own timeline yeah like like either it changes it like rots it or it petrifies it or okay turns it into like just a hunk of coal on the ground like just somehow does something like that and it could be uh, and it could be very deadly very dangerous if you think about it you know you pass through a person all of a sudden you just like age past death like Mm -hmm. um or just a part of you um you just have one wizened hand yeah, I mean, and it could and be that like Dumbledore post attempting to mess with the uh, immortality stone yeah. cursed hand. And it could be on such a small scale, like if it's just a little whisper tendril. But if things get really bad, it could be California's on fire. Um, so this mm-hmm. would have to be like a recent ish. It's starting to get worse and worse as um, sort of this civilization is this whether it's you want to go kingdom empire whatever sort of phase you want to set it in as it is reaching a certain point of um agriculture and industry so sarah i have a question Mm. how bad would it be Mm. for things to get broken down into salt uh well you could i know this i know they talk about like salting the field right you could have a lot of jerky but maybe in places you don't want it right so salt makes Well, that's one place to go. My cursed jerky hand. (laughs) I mean, you know, (laughs) it keeps the gangrene out. Not really, probably not. Um, Just, who? Okay. Well, continue. (laughs) Brings a whole new, you know, if you're starving and turn to cannibalism. 
Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. So salting the fields is bad. Like the more it rains, the quicker you can get over it. But if you're in a dry location, you never get enough rain to wash the salt away. And it's just kind of like going to be like that for a while. Um, yeah. Like there's just big old like salt flats out West where, you know, the water regime is just right. Like there's enough salt in the soil and to kind of pull it to the surface and then nothing grows there for miles and miles. So what if it were something like, um, I mean, I do like the idea of it changing things along their timeline. Um, but then the question is, it, can it change backwards as well as forwards? Um, but I also like the idea of like it warping through and just changing things to like pillars of salt. I also think it would be interesting if it basically, as it passed through, it sort of carried and pi- picked up and put down and picked up and put down like it it passes through a part of a person and then the next tree that it passes through has a has a part that is made of flesh and then the next That's you know so rock creepy. that it rock that it passes through has a line of wood where the, ma- the where the rock pa- where the magic passed and then you know Ooh, the like- next it, it would be very creepy and very it's weird like, warped. it's like warping teratomas into things just just a constant transfer transference each each thing it passes through to the next well if, um, I think if you're like, doing like horror or body horror that would work <laughs> well if it happens on like a load-bearing part of a house or like a bridge or something then you have a bedtime mm-hmm. right and you don't have to deal with it in a horror type fashion like i mean it's all destruction and chaos and again controlled is different than Uncontrolled, and this could just be one manifestation of when it's super out of whack. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, thing is, it could do a bunch of different shit. It's like I don't. I mean, it's like how we are like something's weird with my body. I don't know. Take this. I don't know. Probiotics. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And- Two Tylenol pot. I don't. It's like <laughs> the Earth is like. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm a planet. <laughs> yeah. Try this one. Try this um, one. So it can just do a bunch of different things. Whereas um, when people are controlling it, they're like, uh, we do this specific way with this specific thing that has worked. It releases enough of that like magical resource and pressure that even if that does happen, we ca- it doesn't happen nearly as bad or in these places where we have sort of protected against it by siphoning off this like yeah. pressure of sorts or by, by – uh, and maybe, somehow mitigating it before it can begin. Maybe there are devices that could be used by anyone, even if you're not capable of actual magical manipulation, like the mages are, or um, techniques and and practices that can be taught to people that um, sort of help with, like the idea of the controlled burn, right? So you're not using that fire, you're not using that magic to craft a spell to enchant a sword to fix a cartwheel but you have been taught the technique to sort of connect with that area and and um sort of funnel it on its own course naturally it's still working under its power in that area to release the pressure um what if that um technique really is just a controlled burn yeah what if that's enough to deter the magic somehow? And, you know, maybe it's done on a certain, in a certain area or um, with a certain sort of um, 
tree wood or a certain kind of resin or something that helps to access that what that it attracts the why we're calling it wild magic or the warp magic uh-huh. or whatever we want to call it um like this particular kind of uh fire um burns and connects with that magic or or draws that magic in and allows it to burn itself out in this controlled burn and that way you have all these like grandmothers walking Aww. around burning shit doing magic and so now you have the, the so here's a here's here's something that could go off of that you have this thing called wizard fire and Ooh, wizard okay. fire is literally that maybe it's based on a certain herb a certain ingredient certain ground mineral certain but something no no that- agroforestry it's trees well, some something something that yeah, I could be a type of tree, but on a on a you know as a as a world piece separately too. If you create wizard fire, like mages mages hate it around them when they're working spells because it magic sucks. It it pulls <laughs> the magic near them and burns it, consumes it. So it almost renders actual mages useless if it's burning in their vicinity. Ooh, I like that. That's a fun. That's a fun issue. To deal with as well because like that means that sometime along the plot you need to put a mage close to the wizard fire where they're just like right. damn it none of my spells will work well and then you get into the well now do we make it a controlled substance because we can't have like random people s- screwing with our mages especially if like what what if you use mages in war what and then you then- get the forestry service chasing the fire babas <laughs> well again Forestry service doesn't. Yes, uh, but you know what I mean. All you get the authorities. The world. <laughs> yes, well, yeah. you get the authorities going. You can't be burning that over here. Yeah, and they're going. And, Look, we're doing you a favor. And you struggle with the whole like, okay, so we go to war. You've got mages. We've got mages. We're going to use wizard fire on your mages. But wait, that's also kind of affecting our mages. Which is the which is the better? Let's ban wizard fire. You can't have wizard fire. Guess what? We make that in our kingdom and we're not selling it to anybody. <sighs> Only we get wizard fire. <laughs> it is not an export. Um, fire babas crossing the lines going, we bring wizard fire. And it's and it's not that magic, I mean, wildfires have always cropped up, you know, lightning strikes, etc. It's not that even if everything was working fine, there wouldn't be random magical outbursts, but it's just starting to get almost Mm -hmm. unlivable in some places but yeah i mean i think that when you've had the magic burn in that area it like it's a little easier i want to say wild magic but that's very uh tamara pierce um and it's in a lot of things but it's not very original (laughs) but the um warp fire magic thing uh is i mean that's much better much that much term. better much better um <laughs> it uh and easy to say and remember it is yeah um but it's that idea that lightning doesn't strike twice like when the fire has passed through that area it's like all of the consumable stuff is gone yeah and so they almost have like a um what is it they call it when they burn a section of the area to try to stop the fire fire break a fire break yeah so it's almost like the, um, I don't even remember how I said it, warp magic fire thing. <laughs> like I said, easy to remember and rolls off the tongue. This <laughs> is a warp magic fire thing break. <laughs> so I like the idea that that is done with a specific kind of wood from a specific kind of tree. Okay. So, so now we give that tree tree blight. Oh, shit. <laughs> 
Rude. Rude. Full disclosure. Oh so like the there's an oak blight going around in like California that's killing a lot of the trees that they use for acorns. So that's like a real thing that's happening. The tree And the oaks are the ones that don't burn as well that we needed, right? Correct. California's just gonna like stay on fire forever. Yeah. That's a, hopefully like good controlled burns like stop the fire from spreading or something like that. Like that's another reason that they're trying to get it done. But yeah, like it mm-hmm. would get rid of some of the other hosts. But uh so what if um they had this uh this type of tree that is either resistant to the magical warp fire thing. <laughs> Ooh, you finish your thought and then I have one. Um, and that's the one that we burn with real fire. And I don't know, stuff happens. What so was your thing? <laughs> my thought was, because we've talked about, you know, we need, yes, magic always crops up and does really weird things in the wild, um, mm-hmm. always has, but it's, you know, just always been sort of the natural it comes and it goes in its weird little bursts. Mm-hmm. Um, but this tree, of which there used to be, it used to be the primary, you know, tree. I don't know what you call the most common tree. It's not the state tree. It used to be the state tree of this area. Um, sure. Mm-hmm. Is what it does just in nature, in the evolution of of their biome, is that when... The little magic wisps um, passed through it. They fizzled. They stopped. They they stayed. They mm. soaked in and they curled up and they nested and they went to sleep. Like so, when there's tons of those and that's the forest, these little whispers like bubble up and find a tree to sleep in and and stop. Like they don't grab that tree and move onto the rock or burn their way through it. They just they just hit it and stop. It absorbs them. And so when it was a a common flora in the area um they just never went far never did a lot and now there's less and less and less and less of them so when one of these little whispers that wouldn't have gone far done much crops up it just kind of keeps on trekking doing its thing um so so i definitely want the the tree blight on these to be because somebody was just like Ooh, if I have one of these near me, I will never be um, uh, uh, vulnerable to mages. But it's also got to look pretty and fit in my room. So some like <laughs> person was just like, "Let me make this tiny and ornamental." And there we have it: ornamental tree blight. Well, and then you have to wonder because now you you're stuck with this situation where to because there aren't enough of tree X. To just naturally sort of keep the excess magic in the air from sparking, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, You are now having to do these kind of controlled purges periodically to pull that magic Mm -hmm. out of the air in a large area for a long enough time before it starts up again. But to do that, you also have to burn tree X. (laughs) So you end up in this cycle of... Rather than just being responsible, leaving it alone and letting it grow like it used to, they're now like creating these giant like tree farms of nothing but that for the sheer purpose of turning it all into firewood. But it's only in one concentrated area instead of spread out the way it should be and not as healthy as it was. And so you could end up with this whole like 
self-defeating cycle. What do you think, Sarah? Does that sound like that would work? I'm so drunk right now. (laughs) 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 Sure. Um, Yeah. um, I'm trying to think. Yeah. So let me make sure I got all of the pieces together, right? Oh, Um, we don't, but go on. (laughs) So um, we've got a... I'm just, I'm thinking of like in that one Star Trek movie was it Generations. There's like the Nexus, like kind of floating through things and, and fucking things up. That's the mental image that I have of like our, our thing. Yes. Our, our warp magic, chaotic air thing. energy, chaotic yes. magic. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm just like, I'm kind of going for mental image and that's what I'm coming up with. They just, they travel. Uh, there's a specific tree that they don't pass through or that stops them or they just kind of take up residence. They're like, cool, I found my spot. I'm good here. Yeah, it fizzles them. It fizzles Excellent. Okay. It fizzles their active sparking. I see this magic as like always being present. It's just like ions. Well, it's like ions, particles in the air, but concentrations and the right conditions, just like weather with fire and lightning, Mm -hmm. it sort of sparks and you get this Mm -hmm. little like waft of like concentrated yeah and then somebody in an attempt to like build a faraday cage around their magic spot planted a bunch of these is that correct (laughs) god i love you yes well i mean maybe in one situation uh (laughs) did i get that right you're like uh. (laughs) uh that's one thing kind of uh that that happened that we've yeah, that someone did. But so I think on a grander scale, it's kind of like in, you know, any new area that as people start to cultivate more and plant other things and the natural plants get a little bit more forced out and there are a little bit less of them. And that happened first. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and then people came up with the association, oh, wait, it does this thing and the burns and... Mm. Gotcha. Okay. The, so the wizards like, are just off there going, we don't have anything to do with any of this. We just want to do our magic and don't you dare burn that stupid wizard fire around us. Amazing. Yeah. Yep. That's a plot. <laughs> so that is a conflict that is built into a world. So many, so many places um, you could go with parts of it that you wanted to turn into your. So Sarah, what would be a good <laughs> bad way to cultivate these trees that they could have screwed it up? Oh, well, I mean, there's so many options. Like if you grow something where it doesn't want to grow, then um, you either have to put a lot more work into it. And so you're kind of devoting a lot of resources to something that may or may not be a good idea. Um, It can cause like, for example, if you have something that needs to not have any weeds around it, then you have a lot of like kind of exposed land and you can have more erosion because it's growing in a place where it's not really supposed to. Um. You could, if you have like a really high density of it, usually when you start, like when you take a plant that didn't, that used to be just growing in the wild and you start growing it in thick stands, you know, like uh, agriculturally, you can start having a lot of pests. So you can basically create some pest problems. Um, If you're irrigating it, depending on like, if your water is not like totally like devoid of weird stuff in it, like you can have salts and things in the irrigation water build up. Um, there's just like a whole laundry list of things that can go wrong. Um, you can get soil depletion. Like it's just kind of like, uh, you can get disease buildup in the soil. Um, like if you just have one thing growing there over and over again, like it can kind of just culture a lot of diseases that live in it. Does that happen with groves? 
quite a bit or uh it can like a great example would be like pecans every time so there's this one disease in pecans called pecan scab and it's just like if you look at a pecan tree and there's just like black spots on it they're kind of harmless unless they like you have enough of them that they kind of like cover up the entire leaf surface and the leaf you know dries up and falls off um so you can get a whole tree covered in that so (laughs) um they keep breeding new pecan varieties that are resistant to scab, but then scab, like once you plant a ton of them, scab kind of figures out how to live on them anyway. It, it evolves. Um, and so there's like a little bit of an arms race with pecans. Um, so that can be a good an arms race with pecans. <laughs> yeah. Like every time they plant a bunch of a new variety, like the scab just adapts. So that can be an example. Oh, here's another thought. Um, just another way that this resource can be depleted. Cause I'm thinking of, um, one reason I don't like to use things like, um, white sage and non ethically sourced Palo Santo and stuff like that is because, um, they're very rare and they are used specifically by indigenous groups for closed practices, um, of religious burning. Um, but you know, they're being sold in the, uh, kitschy witchy stores, mm-hmm. um, yeah, for, you know, uh, white people <laughs> who yeah. want to feel in touch with their chakras. There's an awful um, lot of like loving nature in just the wrong way. I feel like in, in the white yeah. community, <laughs> yeah. I mean, bless us, we try. And, um, I mean, that's one of the things that you know, I try to be conscious of is, you know, not only just not appropriating practices, but also being conscious of who my consumption of a thing will be affecting because of its um, abundance or lack thereof. So what if in the bigger populated area, bigger populated areas, oh my God, it's late, Um, more populated more populous areas um, or the areas where you have like, you know, whatever level of upper class, mm-hmm. you have people that like this um, wood either for its beautiful scent when it burns or for like uh, ornamental use or things like that. Like it's got to have some other property. Or I feel it like have it's, some- it's fire looks really cool. Like, I mean, it, they call it wizard fire because both of its purpose and maybe some attribute that's like decorative colored. Yes. Um, like, like when you burn something that's got um, copper in it or some mm-hmm. of the other, you know, when you burn driftwood, it burns green, and blue. I, and I was going to say when you throw in the wrong paper plate and the coating goes up funny, but <laughs> um, <laughs> look, do not be talking about the hot dogs we ate last week. <laughs> what was in those things? <laughs> but yeah, I like the idea of wizard fire, the fire from those. Um, I mean, we can't call them wizard trees, or we could call them wizard trees. The wizard trees. People make up ridiculous names for things when they run across them. As in, they there should know. be like twenty names for it. Well, yeah, there would be. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so they uh, like wizard tree stuff is like in vogue right now at exactly the time when it shouldn't be. Like burning a wizard, <laughs> burning a wizard tree log in your hearth is somehow like chic chic yes. cool celebratory yes. or drinking like wizard bark tea 
and it's because because you they know think how- it makes them immune to the effects of magic, but it really doesn't. I, it just turns know, their pee weird colors, and they're they're always kind of magical. Uh, there are always people that you know. There's always this this resource that isn't actually all that rare yet, but isn't necessarily super local. Or people suddenly discover that it does a cool thing they didn't know it did and so all of a sudden it becomes like the rare commodity the high value oh no one can Mm -hmm. afford wizard wood but us to burn even though actually like right up the river it's a giant natural resource um Mm -hmm. because it hasn't been tapped in that way previously it isn't like farmed for that yet it's like diamonds the king is going to send his men out to seize your wizard wood Uh, I've got so many, so many things going on in my head right now. Yep. That was my intent, so including someone being like, "Yeah, well, he's not really my type." But um, back to tree vibrators. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think? You, you got any more? You think we can? Uh, is there any more meat on this bone? I think back to tree vibrators should be a segue <laughs> in every conversation. Yes, I mean. No, I I mean I'd say that we have got, you know, a seed. There's so many places it could be taken, tweaked, people added, plot lines, you know, invented. Mm-hmm. Um or it could just be a base world and you could do something totally different in it because you felt like it. But that's, mm-hmm. that's this could be a, a background thing. That's what a on. story seed is for. All right. Well, go forth, friends, and create. And remember, if you write something in these worlds, let us know. We'd love to give you a virtual high five and a shout out. Um, maybe other fun things coming and, down the pipe. And don't burn your local wizards. Don't burn. When did burning the wizards <laughs> themselves put into this? No. I, uh, I mean, obviously don't burn your local wizards. God. 21st century. I didn't think we needed to say that anymore. <laughs> They're locally sourced. They are locally sourced. Free range again. I don't know. What is the ethics of Was it burning? Not good. <laughs> okay. Well, let's not like put that in the podcast, but you guys needed to hear that. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, okay. Can. I will not put that in the podcast. It's personal time. But yeah, they're, uh, yeah, these ladies, they're out there. They're and amazing. They everyone and everything on fire. Yes. <laughs> they're my heroes. They're lit. <laughs> I'm so proud. You I punned. I do it occasionally. I try to only do it when you least suspect it. <laughs>